Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. I, of course, am Alex Street, and I'm joined here by this amazing ball of energy, Mr. Matthew Allen. Matthew, Matt, Maddie, what do you want to be? And how I like all of it. I like all of it. Alex, I'm super, super pumped to be here. I'm really excited to talk about stories. Yeah, this is so good. Look, I am excited to have you here because, you know, we've had a few conversations in the past. We met in a mastermind and we've just connected. I think that we both carry a similar energy to the internet. Let's let the smile lead the way and <laughs> kind of sure. see what happens. Yep. But you, I remember our first like, conversation, I was like, all right, tell me about your life. Tell me about your business. And you've got all these amazing moments to your story already. And you're what? How old are you? I'm 32. Okay. 32. So I mean, not much younger than me, but you've got these moments that have led you this way that are all directing the path a little bit more clearly to get to the point where you are now, which of course is all of our stories. But I love I love the moments that you hit on at any given time. Do you feel like that's a lot? Like you have lived a lot? Like, do you do you proudly kind of carry that with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, this is why I love talking to you and, and the work you do, because, you know, our life, it's like it, <laughs> everything we do makes us who we are. And it, it's a big part of what I, one of my pinned reels on my Instagram is yeah. this, you know, it's the Kanye piano, it's super dramatic, bing, bing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so much more scary for me to imagine a life that I get to the end of the road, my deathbed and, and right. Everyone on their deathbed regrets the things they didn't do, not the things they did do. And so when I look back, riding my bike across country, leaving engineering in New York city to go to Colorado and be a personal trainer, because that was my passion, all these little things. I'm like, I don't care if I fail. I don't care about your judgment, you know? And I, I'm also super grateful to have really supportive parents, but all of these things, like I want to live this life fully because I and know that at the end of it, I get to look back and I get to go, I crushed it. I did yeah. everything I want to do. I get to tell my grandkids amazing stories, you know, all of that stuff. That's the life that I want to live. And I know through all these decisions and kind of stepping to the unknown or what I like to say, pursuing what piques your curiosity, mm. right? kind of over and over. And we were talking before you recorded, you're like, you seem to pivot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know if that's the best thing for me. And not to get into human design, but it's kind of part of my human design a little bit. So I know I want to be a little more intentional about that. But yeah, a big part of my life is stepping into that unknown, pursuing the things that pique my curiosity, because I know on the other side of all this stuff is so much growth. Okay, so look, you've just dropped all these little teasers here. This is fantastic. You're really setting this up, which is going to make people want to stick around and listen to exactly what it is that we're talking about here, because you just dropped these ideas about, yeah, pivoting or peaking curiosity. What's that reframe? And how do we focus on that and move forward? And how have you followed that throughout your life? And you dropped a few little key moments there that I think, of course, we'll hit on here. But what I want to do here is get an idea of your story, what it is that you're doing, and how did you get here? And then I'm really interested to hear how you are using storytelling currently in your work, in your business to grow your business and to impact your clients. And that's really what we're here to talk about. And so we will first get a picture of who you are and how you got here. And then we'll get into some nice, good kind of nitty gritty business of storytelling stuff there. What do you do now? What is the main work that you bring in? So right now I'm a leadership business coach 
uh, specifically helping online coaches develop their four-figure offer and market themselves in a way that feels really good, stepping into mm. their power as leaders. And really, all of that starts with knowing yourself on a deeper level. And a big part of that is understanding your story. So what does that look like? Mostly like one-on-one -on -one stuff. I mean, you're doing group programs. Like what's the, I'm a business leadership coach. How are you coaching people? What's the, what's yeah, the specifics of that? It's typically one-on-one, -on -one, you yeah. know, and because that's what I feel. I mean, I love to move into group and give people that first step in, but I really feel one-on-one -on -one work is required to really ask the deeper questions, to get people to I think you said it there, like kind of having the reframe yeah. of like, oh, this is my story. And people just kind of breeze through it. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. well, no, this stuff is important. What does that stuff do for you? What does that look like? Right. It's kind of where you have people go through like, you know, that, that middle part, that arc of yep. like, this is what changed me. And yeah, I think people just kind of breeze through it sometimes or think their story is not important. And that's why I start there with people. Uh, and that's why I like the one-on-one -on -one work. So I can ask those questions. Brilliant. So that's how stuff and quite honestly, good, just to get a little specific and a little detail of like, uh, how does this guy show up and what's, what does that work actually look like? But what's the, what's the impact here? You touched on it a little bit when you first described that, but like, what's that one feeling that you want someone to feel when they're done working with you? That thing that they would say, because I worked with Matthew, I now feel blank. What's that? What's that keyword? Yeah. So, I mean, my program is called Powerful Leader Mastery. My podcast is Powerful Online Leadership, but the main program, Powerful Leader Mastery, it's not leadership. It's not a thing you do. It's leader. It's who you are. Mm. Right. And I've, I reframed that name because, or I renamed the program because I would tell my, my friends and, you know, my business bestie, my girlfriend, I'd be like, I love, you know, it's great. My clients come to me, they sell their high ticket offer. They make good money. Like that's good. I love that. They love that. But around the halfway point, they get to this kind of breakdown moment. And then this breakthrough moment where they're like, holy shit, I am worth four figures. I'm worth $2,000, Yeah. And that's kind of this breakthrough moment where I'm like, I know, I know you are like, <laughs> and their story matters. I'm like, I can really help people. I'm like, I fucking know. Like I got you. And uh, I hope we can swear because it did it twice. Yeah. You go for um, it. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's where I would tell my friends in this stuff, like, Oh, my client just hit that point. Like, they're, they, so what do they feel like when they get that you're sitting here and you're throwing your hands in the air? You're like, yeah, I know it like breakthrough. What are they feeling when they recognize that? It's, it's a lot. It's more, it's excitement. It's yes. ease. You know what I always say in this process, I take people through is that the sales, the marketing, all of that becomes really much more effortless. Now there's some things, tactics and we want to use with content and sales and all that stuff. But yeah. The fear of like, I'm not worth this, the fear of, I don't think I can help people, all that goes away. And that's when they step, start stepping into that leadership. So is this, uh, yeah. So is it, is it leader? Like you want someone to say again, like, I'm going to be nitty gritty. I'm going to, I'm going to hammer in on this, Matt, that yeah. like someone says, because I worked with Matt, I now feel like a leader. Is that yeah. like, I'm, I am a leader. Is that yeah. kind of that end result? That's what you want them to like proudly walk out of there with. Is that true? Totally. Yeah. And not just a leader for their clients, but in their community, for their friends, right. for their family, they, they understand how to have good conversations, how to ask good questions, how to go deeper, how to hold space for people yeah. so that they can go deep. Right. That's what I want for my clients is for them to hold their client or hold space for their clients. So they can right. go deeper. And like, you know, I've worked with a lot of personal trainers and it's like, you're, you're not just giving someone a program. You, you have Google for that. Anyone can Google a fitness program. Anyone can Google 
a new diet or a meal plan or whatever. That's not most people's problem. Most people's problem is that they have limiting beliefs that are stopping them, subconscious beliefs that they don't even know exist. Mm -hmm. For you to hold space for someone and to be able to ask better questions for them to realize it, not for you to tell them, but for them to realize it through your own questioning is super powerful. And so giving my clients the tools to do that and feeling comfortable and confident in doing that. So again, that they can hold the space and really take their clients through a transformation. Brilliant. So you're explaining there a lot of like what a leader would look like. And like, you've, you've almost got these expectations. Like, I want to lead them on the way here so that they feel like they are a leader and then they can go and lead others on that same path. This idea of leadership, where does that begin for you? Let's go back in the story here and uh, look at this idea of leadership. Is that who you were? Is that how you started out? Um, were you little Matt, eight years old, running around the baseball field, like leading others? Is that is that what it was? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I love that. I, this is why I love talking to you because I've wanted to talk more about this and I've, I've mentioned it a few times, but I could definitely lean into it. But no, a big part of the problem was that I wasn't always a leader in my life. Well, actually I was, but I didn't yeah. allow myself to step into it. So what does that look like when you were like, tell me about that, like recognizing that, you know, even if it was young as a kid, you're like, but there's this moment, there's this flash moment that shows up about feeling like that. What's that moment? Yeah. So again, in reflection, there's all these little moments I can see where I did that. Yeah. But then, you know, that moment would pass and then I would just be kind of like middle of the road, you know, kid, just, mm -hmm. you know, not popular, not the loser, kind of looking left and right. What is everyone else doing? How's everyone yeah. else wearing their hat? You know, like always trying to just fit in right in the middle. And, but there are moments like, you know, I can get, and this was up until I was 26, up until I rode my bike across America, which, you know, would love to talk yeah, about we'll that. Get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to know about this idea of fitting in then. So you're like this leader, but then you start to just feel like I need to fit in. Yeah. For what? Pro I mean, probably safety, right? For most of us for not being outcasted from the tribe. I think it, mm -hmm. it can go back to that. Kind of to answer your question before though, like there's a specific moment I remember even 23 years old, you know, just graduated college. Um, so a year later, I get into this company. They send you down to this training and it's me. And it's like, it's all new hires, right? So it's people of all ages. And I'm for sure the youngest person there. Mm -hmm. And they have these team building exercises. It's like, how fast can you pass the tennis ball from one person to the other person, you know, but everyone has to touch it. Yeah. And so it's, for, you, you know, you start out by just like handing it to the next person and then handing it, it's like, okay, that took 12 seconds. The fastest group has done this in half a second. So how can you do this fast? Get closer. And then one, one person holds it and just everyone taps it real quick and like, whatever. So there's like this exercise and I'm sitting there. I'm like, no one's taking the lead. And I'm like, someone, like I have ideas and like, yo, we need to do this. Like, let's, let's get, let's get it going. Let's work as a yeah. team. So I just step into the role. I'm like, someone's got to do this. Let's, let's do this. Like, let's go. And uh, that's a specific story, but like, it's kind of all of my life where there's been moments of if there's a group of people and the conversation dies, I'm like, I'll say something. I'll ask a question. I'll tell a story. I'll tell a joke. And I, sometimes I tell people like, I'll take that burden, quote unquote, but right. it's not a burden. I love doing that. And so again, in all this reflection, I'm like, oh, I can see where I've done that throughout my life. But then, then it's the moments where I'm like, yeah, just the rest of my life, like not trusting myself yeah. with decisions or 
not giving a shit what other people think and wear my hat however I want it and what feels good to me. Well, that's the key, right? That's what's interesting to me is you've got this. Okay, great. So I was a leader, but then it was fitting in for most of my life. And then I remember this significant moment where I did step up at this leadership event and like, oh, I said, all right, fine, I'll take the lead here. If nobody else will, I'll do it. And you've got this sense of like being a leader amongst others. There's a responding to the problem at hand, but you're almost saying that as like, fine, as a last resort, I'll do it. And then I think what you're talking about, and as you lead into this is, is recognizing that you're the only, like, you're the last resort to lead yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So like you're sitting around and I'm excited for like, yeah, what makes you ride your bike across the country? Where were you at that point? Because I think that's going to sort of provide some insight here into how this shifts and therefore how you can help other people shift that as well. Where are you? What happens then? 26 years old. You're like, let's do this. Am I right? I don't know. Bring me into that story. Yeah. I mean, we could we could go back pretty far here. But to kind of answer that question, it was it was just this is 2020. I don't, I wasn't thinking this now, but what at the time, what I was thinking is that, okay, 26 years old uh, at the time of the thought I was 25, but dating this girl for about two and a half years, we're going to move in together. We're going to get married. We're going to move to the suburbs. We're going to have kids. I'm going to be 65 and finally retired. And then I can live the life. And it's like, Oh, whoa. I just like, was this civil engineer, in New York city, building buildings for yeah. more people to sit in offices and, not live a life that they love. And that was kind of all this culmination of like, I need to do something before my life gets away from me. I need to do something remarkable. And the reflection part of that is like, I need to make a choice for myself for once in my life. You know, I love baseball and I truly love baseball, but was that ever really my choice? I don't know. My dad put me into baseball. He coached me and my brother for Mm. 12 years. You know, he's a Mets fan. So I'm a Mets fan. He's a Packers fan. So I'm a Packers fan. It's like, did I ever choose any of this? And I get into college and I'm a business major because my dad was in yeah. business yeah. and I hated that freshman year. So I call my mom one day and she's like, you love civil engineering. Manhattan College is a civil engineering school. Like do that. And I'm like, that's true. And I always loved putting stuff together. I always loved, you know, building, uh-huh. you know, Legos and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So now I'm a civil engineer and I'm like, when the hell have I ever chosen something for myself? And I was like, kind of took a stand and I'm like, I have to do this for me. I don't know what the hell biking across America is going to be or what's going to teach mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to find myself or anything. I just knew I needed to do something cool and badass because I chose. What voice was in your life at that point helping you recognize that? Or is that you in the mirror just like who I am is not who I'm supposed to be? Was it merely that or was there also empowering voices lighting that up for you yeah i it's it's tough and i've i've had some blogs so i should go back and read them where my mindset was (laughs) but i think it's kind of like this idea you know a lot of people think like oh you just rode your bike cross country it's like well actually no you know when i was a kid me and my brother and our two good friends we rode our bikes to town every day in the summer you know i don't know probably four miles into town and we get lunch and ride around all day and when I was in New York City, the American dream and climbing this corporate ladder uh, was hopefully retiring at 65. And I'm like, well, if I can make good money and save money and put that into more savings mm-hmm. and my investments pay off, I could retire at like, I don't know, maybe 50, 55. So my life was kind of revolved around saving money. And so 
instead of buying a $135 subway pass per month, I would get the $135 per year bike sharing pass. So I'd start riding the city bikes in, mm-hmm. in New York City. I'd ride city yeah. bike uh, to work three miles. I'm like, I love biking. Let me just get my own bike. And then I'd you know, bike after work, 20 miles, 30 miles, 40, 50 miles. Then one day I'm like, oh, I'm going to ride 100 miles to my parents' house in Connecticut and then back to New York City in the same day. So I did that. And then I'm like, okay, so now what? I guess I'll ride my bike across the country. And that thought started to arise. And it, it's just, I kind of say all this because it's like, I didn't just like, flick a switch and ride my bike yes, across yes. the country. It's this culmination going all the way back to when I was in my early teens and riding mm-hmm. my bike to town. So, Well, that's the beautiful story and the, the movement of this that I think is so important for people to recognize that, that, I mean, here you sit as a business leadership coach, we're talking about leadership and we're also talking about this growth, this movement of growth. And it starts as something so small and then becomes something that is like, well, sure, I'll ride a hundred miles. Oh, why not ride thousands and thousands of yeah. miles? Okay. Along with all the other things that you're sort of learning to break out of, break free from at that moment of your life. And then, so what happens? So you ride and what do you discover? What, you know, without going into the entire story, obviously we're looking at this as a key moment to getting to you to where you are now. So how did that moment, how did that experience shift you to this point of being the leader you are and encouraging other people to do the same? Yeah. So Again, there's so many learning moments throughout that bike trip, but the big culmination one was getting, so it's 5,000 miles, Mm -hmm. 5,019 miles, but who's counting (laughs) 90 days, 13 rest days. And from ocean to ocean. Oh yeah. I I, literally, there's the photos. I dipped my back wheel in the Atlantic ocean in Coney Island, New York. And I dipped my front wheel in seaside, Oregon in the Pacific ocean. So, um, yeah. And, uh, so I get to the end of it. And it's beautiful. My family meets me out there. The girlfriend I was dating at the time, she's there. It's like one of the most beautiful moments of my life. And I, I get to the end and, and we're celebrating. We're popping champagne, hugs. It's actually a gloomy, rainy day, you know, Pacific Northwest. And I, I don't know when it hit me, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, shit. So now I'm going gonna go back to New York City mm-hmm. and be a civil engineer again and work for the weekends and thank God for Friday and Sunday scaries, Monday blues, home day off. I'm like, are you like, no, no. And again, 2016, and I'm like, okay, I I just lived 90 days. Every day was amazing. Even the bad day when it was freezing cold and I was like cursing and my socks were soaking wet. I changed socks every time. Even that day, I remember thinking, well, you're not behind the desk. So this actually is pretty sick. Like you're biking Mm -hmm. across America. And I'm like, so I loved the last 90 days of my life. There's got to be a world in which I love every day of my life and not work for the weekends Mm -hmm. and make money and all that stuff. So what does that look like? And I kind of called them like the pursuit of daily happiness. What does that actually look like? And, you know, I, I can pause there because then it was two years till so till I truly pursued it. But it was those in those two years, kind of like, okay, what is it? What what can I find? What can I do that, right. that I love I wake up and I love and I don't work for the weekends? Well, and so that's being the last what six four to six years then is really figuring out what that looks like for your life. 
through different jobs and opportunities and careers and, and I mean, yeah. making your own way. So l- let me take you back. And this is why I love incorporating this in, with my clients, because the story is important, right? It's, it's right on your nose all the time and it's hard for us to see it, but we go back to 2008. Yeah. I am a freshman in college. I've been working out since I'm 14 years old. I've been playing sports my entire life. Freshman year of college. I didn't have the college experience I thought I wanted uh, or I thought was going to happen, right? All the babes and all the friends and all that stuff. And I was kind of struggling in that journey to have that experience. So Mm -hmm. I went to the gym. That was kind of my solace. And I remember freshman year in the gym and I was doing business, right? I hated business classes. But so I'm in the gym getting a pump on. I'm putting the dumbbell down and look at myself in the mirror. And I'm like, you know, it'd be so cool to be a personal trainer, but that's not a real career path. So move on with my life transfer to civil engineering, right. you know, go through that whole thing, four years of school. Then I have up. So now that's 20, that's 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Get to 2015, 2016, or I'm a bike cross country. And now I'm like pursuit of daily happiness. What does this look like? So I get home. I had this DSLR camera in my closet for 10 years, never really touched it. I'm like, I think I want to pick that thing up and learn how to really use it. And you know, that again, 2015 in 2008, I went on a trip with my parents to Italy um, with the, you know, the old point and shoot cameras, yeah, I yeah. ended up taking that camera from my mom and being the photographer of that trip. So, you know, another little sign back there. So anyway, winter of 2016, I, I get this camera. I'm like, I want to learn how to take photos, you know, get off auto, get on manual. So I start that journey of becoming a photographer and a street photographer. And I've taken some really amazing photos. Mm-hmm. And as I'm learning that beginning in 2017, my girlfriend at the time, takes her first CrossFit class. And she's like, you would love CrossFit. It's like perfect for you, you know, high energy, like just going crazy. And so I jump into CrossFit. I'm like, I love this stuff. Uh, Towards the middle of 2017, the gym is like, hey, if you want to, uh, if you love CrossFit and you want to become a coach, you know, we're looking, we're opening up a new location. Uh We'd love to, we want to train you all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, 2017, nine years later, I'm like, this idea of being a personal trainer is kind of showing its face again. Mm-hmm. Maybe this could be my thing. So I had to get my certification. And while I'm still a civil engineer, I'm part-time coaching CrossFit. I'm part-time personal training people. And I'm like, I think this could be my thing. Meanwhile, I'm taking street photos, all that stuff, becoming a really good photographer. Then comes the end of 2017, early 2018. My girlfriend and I are like, we hate New York City. We need to get the hell out of here. We don't like climbing the corporate ladder. She hated her job. I don't really want to be a civil engineer. I didn't hate it, but didn't love it. And so fast forward, uh, November, 2018, we both quit. We moved to Denver, Colorado. We both become personal trainers. And I'll, I'll, I'll cap off the story for just a second and kick it back to you. Cause I know you're, you're aching with questions <laughs> here. Um, so 2018 quit civil engineering, moved to Colorado, become a personal trainer, finally pursuing this dream that I had 10 years earlier. And after about four months, I'm like, I don't love this like I thought I would. There's something missing here. I don't love personal training like, like I thought my dream was. Mm-hmm. But I have this side hustle of photography. And I was kind of mixing that side hustle with photography in with CrossFit mm-hmm. and becoming a CrossFit photographer. And then so I t- sell some Bitcoin. I take a photography course. Uh, this guy who specifically was a CrossFit photographer, learn so much from him accelerated my photography career by like five, maybe 10 years, learned so much. I started leaning into this thing of being a photographer. And this is when I start learning about 
as a, um, we'll get into the business stuff, right. As a personal trainer, yeah. I just thought I was a personal trainer. I thought yeah. the gym would bring me clients. I, I didn't have to do sales calls. No, I'm the personal trainer. You just bring me clients. Of course, that's not the reality. And so I start becoming this photographer and that's when I start falling in love with branding and storytelling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and marketing and charging what I'm worth and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is like really fun. Like I like this entrepreneurial side of things. Mm-hmm. And 2020, we get our pandemic and I'm like, oh shit, no photography clients, no personal training clients. The gym is shut down. What do I do? And I'm like, well, I've taken a few courses. They've changed my life. Let me develop my own online program. And it was called Brand, Brand Framework. It was absolutely terrible. I uh, learned a lot from it. Uh, and then that's when I started learning into like, oh, let me help personal trainers become entrepreneurs, learn how to market yeah, themselves, yeah. learn how to charge what they're worth, all of that stuff. And now, you know, really opening up to all wellness coaches now is who I help. But you see that long story getting us to here of doing what I do today. Well, this, okay. So uh, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to share some thoughts here with much love for you because I, what I, what I hear there is where a lot of people honestly get caught up, get lost, get confused in sharing their story because which details do I share? How do yeah. I talk about all of this and mm-hmm. tell you about my entire journey? Because in, in my mind, it all matters. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going like, man, we we've already got it. Like it's, it's from fitting into leading. It's mm-hmm. clear as day in your life here that most of your life you were fitting in until you were sitting in that office and decided I got to get out and do the thing that I'm made to do, which is be free, ride freely. So riding across the country, you realize I want to love every day. Like I just love the last 90 days. How do I create a life like that? And the last six years have now been you testing all these different ways Mm -hmm. to use all the skills that you have to now build a business you love, live the life that you love and help others do the same to lead their lives like you are, Mm -hmm. you know? So you've got all these moments. Yes. With biking, with photography, with engineering, with CrossFit, with now business coaching, like anything that you can take to the world and say, this is what I do and this is how i've adapted i think something that jumps out to me is actually through as you told that story what's fascinating is you notice like you notice how you feel you notice what's going on you notice what you're good at or what you're curious about and you give it a shot mm-hmm. you notice what's going on you notice what what the world is thinking you you've noticed the details, the feelings, the experiences along the way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And, and Is that that's true about you. Yeah. Well, that's why I go back to like pursuing a piece of curiosity. Yeah. Is because like, well, that's where the fun is. So how do you help people notice what is piquing their curiosity? You know, it's, it's again, why I love talking to you is because you're so good at like seeing you're so good at what you do and seeing all these little bits and pieces. And I do the same thing with my clients through like asking them questions and then saying stuff. And I'm like, "Uh, hello, (laughs) do you see these things? You just do this, you know? And they're like, Oh my God. So true. And then again, it's like, yeah, what is true? Like we want to talk about business and marketing yourself. It's like, yeah, you know, there's no niche. There's no thing you have to like, Oh my God, people make it so complicated. It's like, You solved a problem for yourself. What was that problem? Mm -hmm. And now you're going to help that same person, Matt, five years ago, solve that problem now. That's all this is. 
So is that, that sounds like, that sounds like a story, you know, is, is, oh, you're the character. You've got this barrier. How do you overcome that barrier? La da da. There's your story. Uh, That sounds like, is that how you're framing it? Is that how you, you know, how do you use storytelling in your work? Is it really focused on what's the problem that you're solving? Yeah. And, and, and it's understanding what's true for you. Right. Again, I'll say that a lot because, you know, it just, Hey, we've got so far away from like, you know, people have taught niching down, pick this magical person that you would love to work with demographics, psychographics, all this stuff. And then you sit here and you try and market yourself and you're like, what does this person want? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, stop, 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 stop. What problem have you solved for yourself? Mm-hmm. And now your psychographics, demographics, it's you, that's you, you show mm-hmm. up, you just be yourself. I attract, you know, I attract wellness coaches specifically because I take my wellness seriously. I journal, meditate, I run 40 miles. I bike across the country. I do cry. I do all this stuff. So I attract those people. I don't attract video gamers. I attract wellness coaches just by showing up as I am. And when we look at the problem that I've solved for myself, like, yeah, I've been there. I've, I've been circling in paces, you know, in the gym. What do I post today? Who am I talking to? Right. I, I have thought, you know, I'm so good at what I do as a personal trainer. I shouldn't have to market myself. People will just find me. Right. I've been through all these things. So it's like, you know, just talking to Matt and being like, dude, this is not how it works. So what are you helping them? You know, are you, if you attract someone who's like you, you are out here and you're like, look, everybody, like, this is just who I am. How do you make sure that we know who you are so that we can identify with you? Do you know what I mean? So, so if, if you're out here and you're like, look, yeah, I'm working with an old version of me, essentially, I'm, I've, I'm working with someone who's facing the same problems that I've faced. How do you specifically, how are you out here today making known the problems that you have faced and the problems that you have solved and are here to continue to solve? Yeah. I mean, so through my marketing, you know, there's, there's, I teach like five different pieces of marketing. You know, one is that educational content showing people like you're stuck here, here's what to do. So you can get here, right? Right. There's educational content you could put out. But since we're on the storytelling podcast, a big part of what I like to help people with is also story content. I call it connection content, but Mm -hmm. there's industry stories and there's personal stories. Mm, Tell me about that. A personal story would be this, uh, people can't see me, but this tattoo on my chest, it's a tree. Mm-hmm. My brother has a matching tattoo on the same spot on his chest. So I'll make a story about why I have a matching tattoo with my brother. Now, I don't have to go out and say, I have a great relationship with my brother. He's my best friend. Well, I actually kind of do say that, but like I tell a story, Hey, me and my brother are matching tattoos. I, we got it right before I moved to Colorado because we've lived within 20 miles of each other, our entire lives. We're best friends. He's a year older than me. We played sports together. You know, he's the reason uh, that I drank my first beer and smoked my first joint because I saw him doing it, which made, because I trust him as my older brother. Like mm-hmm. we have such that great bond. And so I tell that story and then, you know, call to action. I'm like, tag your sibling below and show them some love, right? And everyone's in there tagging their sibling and leaving hearts. And now I'm building this subconscious connection with people right. because of my values. Hey, you have a shitty relationship with your brother. You hate your family. Like, all right, then we're not going to build that connection. And that's okay. And that's fine. I'm not here to work with everyone and build a connection. Or at the same time, maybe your awful relationship with your brother and you see it in me because we buy from people that we want to be like. So you see it in me, this beautiful relationship with my brother. You're like, man, I wish I had that. That might build a deeper connection with me. And so again, 
uh, buying is 95% emotional. But this is this is what's so interesting because you're not, I love this, and we're just going to interrupt each other as we go. Um, so you, uh, because you're talking about building a relationship with your brother, I want to be abundantly clear about this. You are not out here uh, selling no. family relationship coaching. No, no. So why do you see that there's value in building these connections with people around this specific personal story of the tattoo on your chest and the, the love that you share with your brother? Yeah. So again, <clears throat> buying is 95% emotional. And when we think about relationships, period, a loved one, mm -hmm. your best friend, let's take a best friend. You meet each other, right? You bond over something very similar, mm -hmm. right? But you're not going to get super deep with them and, and get emotional, but through meeting each other again, let's say you love the Mets, right? I love the Mets. Let's say we watch, oh, let's go to the Packers because it's a weekly thing, right? Every Sunday we meet up and we watch the Packers play, sure, right? And we're bonding about, oh, our thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and the defense and the coach and, you know, our division rivals. And we start talking about that stuff. Then slowly, you know, we're having some beers and we start talking about some other stuff. So where are you from? Like, are you from Wisconsin? Like, no, I'm actually from Connecticut. Oh, mm -hmm. nice. Like, when did you move out to Colorado, right? We start to talk about that stuff. We talk talk about our family, the music we like, right? And then all of a sudden, after 10 meetings, you start talking about your relationships mm -hmm. and your wife or, you know, I've been divorced. Start talking about that stuff. All of a sudden, you start getting deeper and deeper. And then one day, Alex, without even thinking, you go, hmm, I think Matt's my best friend. You don't sit down and you don't make a list. Well, here's why Matt's my best friend. Well, we have very similar values. We value family. Mm -hmm. He likes Dave Matthews band. Obviously, we both like the Packers. You don't sit down and go through this list of things. You just know it. You mm -hmm. unconsciously know that, wow, I think Matt's my best friend. And I'm over here thinking, hmm, I think Alex is my best friend, right? That's what happens. So through your content, through these little moments of your life and showing my value as that mm -hmm. I value my relationship with my brother. I've told my story about my divorce. I've told my story about my house burning down when I was 15 years old. I've told mm -hmm. all these different stories because, and it's not just telling stories to tell a story. It's like my house burned down and I saw my, my mom hysterically crying. My dad hold her. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that and I saw my house being hosed down by the firemen in complete ash, I realized that the baseball cards, the beanie baby collection, all that shit doesn't matter because we have each other. And I'm not a materialistic person. And that was kind of the moment where I realized that. And so through sharing that story, you go, yeah, I don't really care about, mm -hmm. you know, having the Lambo. I don't need the big house. I'm good with the cabin in the woods, right? That's now we start sharing those values. And that's what best friends do. And so again, when we talk about buying being 95% emotional, now we're creating the subconscious connection. Again, you don't have to list down why you love me. You love me because all these little moments I've been telling you, because I take my fitness seriously. Holy shit, Matt just ran a 40 mile trail run. Like he's yeah. a badass. I like this dude. So the fearlessness in sharing your personal stories, you're saying there's, per, you know, personal stories and industry stories. I want to hear industry stories real quick here. Mm -hmm. um, but these personal stories are specific moments that you're talking about. You show up and you share, whether it's a tattoo or it's a burning house or it's bike riding or it's a divorce or it's any given moment that you can pick and pull out of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share this moment and some details about it and maybe a lesson learned from it. So that anyone who may hear to those that have ears, let them hear that I have a heart, that I have lived a life, that mm -hmm. I have lived something that you might also connect with. 
on a big or small level. And over time, as patient as we are, we're building a relationship. Exactly. That relationship on a business front, you're like that relationship may turn into a paid client. Yeah. Ideally, that's why we're here, right? Is, right. Uh, not, to, not just to make money, of course, that's part of business, but I want to help people and I know I can help people. So absolutely. Yeah. And so I can help people and especially I can help them. They're going to be more willing to be helped if we've built a relationship already. There's something personal about that. Yeah. And it's okay. just like, you know, your, your listeners on this podcast, right? They, you might not even know some of these people, but they feel like they know you, right? So if they were to get on a sales call with you or whatever, they already, if you saw them on the street, they'd be like, Alex Street. And you'd be like, who the hell are you? And mm -hmm. they think you're best friends, but you're not at all. Uh, cause you have no idea who this person is. Oh, right? we will be real soon. Uh, right. So I agree. Okay. So tell me what's the difference then between a, a personal story that's building relationship and an industry story and how you use that. Yeah. So industry story is just, um, it's more about the thing you do, right? It's more related to the work that you help with. Right. So I might tell a story about when I realized I was a leadership or when I realized I was a leader mm -hmm. or not a leader or whatever. Or I might tell a story about a time when I had a failed launch, right? And, I'll t and, and the difference is it's not like, here's what I did to avoid mm -hmm. a failed. It's like, no, no, I had a failed launch. And here's what happened. I was completely disconnected from the work I was doing. I was thinking about the money. Mm -hmm. And all I wanted was just to make money. I had a great first launch and my second launch was $0. And I was like, oh, this, this one is going to be 30K. And all I cared about was the money. And I forgot about serving my people. And I remember being home on the holidays during that failed launch and during Christmas and just feeling like a complete failure. And, you know, my mom's asking me, how's the launch going? And I'm like, not good. I'm afraid to tell her. But it was through the ability of being home, feeling safe with my parents mm -hmm. that I that I got to reflect and have that time away from Denver and work and all that stuff. I had this the Christmas tree and the presents. And I felt all this love. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I stopped leading with love. And that's hundred percent why I had a failed launch. Mm. I was terrible contracted energy towards wanting money. And instead I need to start leading with love because that's why I'm doing this work in the first place. And then what happened the next launch, best launch ever. Right. So, okay, brilliant. So there you go. That's an industry story. What you just yeah. shared with me, that exact moment, that exact thing. And so this is what I love about what you're bringing today. You've got these two main elements, two main ways that you choose to show up and share stories in your marketing to, to push your business forward. And you said you've got personal stories and industry stories and using anyone at any given time is going to build this emotional connection with your audience and help them believe that what you're doing matters. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and I want to give one, one thing here, and this yes, is so sir. important because this is where people make the biggest mistake with trying to tell a story is using these generalities, mm -hmm. right? I was stressed. I was worried, you know, do you want more confidence? Stupid shit like that. Like I could have done an even better job with that story about being home on the holidays. Like I would actually take time and get really specific and be like, I was sipping, like my mom brought in eggnog with some, with, with some rum. And I took that first sip and I felt the warmth and I just realized the warmth around me. And like, I could get really specific with that. And the, uh -huh. the big mistake people make is that, well, if I get too specific, nobody will understand it. But let me ask you this. Think about your favorite movie. I like to use The Lion King as an example, because most everyone has seen it. Excellent. You, you are not a baby cub in Africa who's trying to be the king of the jungle and whose evil uncle 
threw him, like murdered your dad. And then you have this existential crisis and met uh, a, a pig and a, a meerkat in the woods. Like that's yeah. not your life. I a hundred percent know that's true because I know you're not a cub. If you are hit me up, I'd love to talk to you, but we love that movie. Cause why we find ourselves in the specifics of that story in mm-hmm. any movie, right? Most movies are not our truth, but we find ourselves in it. So when you get specific with your story, you create emotion. People could see, they won't see my living room, but they could see their living room on Christmas, sipping that eggnog and, and going like, oh my God, like I didn't lead with love. I led with money, right? They can, there's more emotion that's tied to mm-hmm. it. And so when you are telling your stories, use those specifics because people will put themselves, okay, maybe, maybe you're Jewish. Maybe it was Hanukkah. Maybe it's not eggnog. Maybe it's a gin drink. I don't know. But like, you know, you will find yourself in that story. You will put your things where it yeah. goes and you'll go, oh my God, that just happened to me. Right. Oh my this God. Is, I this is, this is brilliant. Of course. Absolutely. I like to talk also about stage story and brand story. And, and the truth is stage stories have tons of space for specifics. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you get to go into this. And you're like, I want it. I want you to smell this. I want you to get an understanding of what this was like. And then we got brand stories and typically brand story is like, let's get punchy, simple, clear, Clarity is the key. That's the name of the game here. Yeah. So there isn't much room for, oh, was there rum in the eggnog, you know? And so it's learning to play both of those games. I'm learning is at what point do we bring in the specifics and at what point do we just need to lead with clarity? Mm-hmm. And when we understand, you know, what's needed when, I think that's when that's when you hit the gold mine. That's when you get to go forward and you say, okay, I'm, I'm using the same story in both di- in different settings, but I'm recognizing when do I need the specifics and when do I just need simplicity? I think that's, that's the fun of this. And that's why I'm going to keep doing this podcast yeah. is to help people <laughs> recognize yeah. what moments uh, require what, when, but, but you no doubt are a master of the specifics. You are a phenomenal storyteller and you've got fantastic stories to tell. And so I'm just so grateful that you do recognize that you do use this often in how you show up. And so for anybody listening, you want to see this stuff at work. You want to see it practiced. This is a man of his word who really shows up authentically and, and wouldn't expect you to do anything that he isn't already doing. So go ahead follow Matt on Instagram. It's a great joy and, and then hire him because he's going to help you move forward in your business, wherever you're at. Matt, as you see this story, your story work, you think about what story you're using going forward. Let's wrap this all up by just kind of saying, you know, what's the best thing that we can take forward uh, so that we share our story more in this world? Yeah, I mean, your story matters. And I think the beautiful part of this is that it's an evolution. I'm still learning about the bike trip. I just had a revelation uh, where I said like, oh, this was something that I finally chose for myself. Like this is the first time I really did that. That was a revelation I had like a month or so ago. And that's why I love helping my clients put out content because it's, it's through the action of actually doing this thing. It's one thing to write it down on paper and then no one ever sees it. And so you don't really think about it too much besides when you're writing it. It's another thing to put it out to the world and go, Oh God, like, Oh, could I have done that better? Right. And that's where the true reflection comes in. So kind of what I want to say here is like, this is an evolution and allow yourself to evolve as you do this and as you 
uncover more about yourself. It's going to allow you to step into your power as a leader, all this self-reflection and have grace with yourself because you can't have your 50th without the first. And the storytelling I do now and the posts I put out now, it's it's so many, you know, it's a million times better than what I put out my first one. And guess what? Nobody remembers the first one. Nobody. <laughs> and just remember that every day you're the only one. And maybe your mom is going to remember this stuff, mm-hmm. but you need to take this action. You need to start doing this, telling your story, putting out content. You know, if you want to grow your business, do that stuff because you yourself a year from now will be thanking you and you'll learn so much. And it's such a beautiful process. I love this. You are such a joy. You bring just truth and authenticity wherever you go. I'm so thankful for your time here and for sharing your story and your insight. I mean, we'll have all connections and everything, but is there any way that you specifically, what's the best way that people can connect with you and say, Hey, I want to learn to be a better leader in my life. I need this guy's work. What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, if you want to connect with me, definitely get on Instagram at Matthew.Allen, Allen with a Y. Um, and then, yeah, come over and check out my podcast, the stuff we talk about. You're going to be on, Alex. I'm super excited to, to ask you and, and dive into the work you do with it. But yeah, come on over there and we talk about all the things I mentioned at the beginning and, and stepping into leadership, offer creation, all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much. Right, thanks, Alex. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.